0: I'll never forget in the early days of our church, we were just getting established. We had majority college students when we first opened the doors, begin our new church plant. And we were trying to get college students as involved as possible in our local church, to actually be there on Sunday mornings, to come to a Bible study group, to serve in the church, to be as involved as possible. If we're gonna see our church go forward, we need people to truly invest. And there was just one student, and she was always there on Sunday morning. She volunteered in our children's ministry. I mean, she was just one of those salt of the earth, just quality church members that any pastor would love to have. But for some reason, she never came to our Tuesday night college Bible study. And I could never figure it out. It was just so strange. And I would say stuff to her. I'd see her. I wouldn't give her too hard of a time. But I'd just ask her, why, why don't you ever come? Like, we'd love to see you. And she'd go, I know, I'll get there. I know, I'll get there. And I'm like, just why isn't it a priority for her? And then finally, I think she got tired of me saying something to her about it. And I, put, and I pulled her aside again and said, hey, we have this college Bible study. You're a leader in this church. We really need you to come. She goes, I know. And I don't want to make a big deal about it. But here's what's going on I work at the gym on campus, and I'm the only Christian that is on our entire staff. And on Tuesday nights, we have our intramural softball games. It's a co-ed group, and I got invited to play on it. And it's the only opportunity I get to be around my lost friends apart from actually working together to do something socially with. So I just feel like I really need to be doing that. I just kind of laughed and I said, if you ever show up to Bible study, you're going to be in really big trouble. And the reason I said that to her was not because I don't think Bible study is important. I think it's critical. It wasn't because I didn't think she needed to be connected to her church. She was very connected to her church. But at that moment, a college student was showing more maturity than anyone. Somebody who wanted to be connected to their lost friends. She had a heart for them. She had compassion on them. She saw them as sheep without a shepherd. So she saw an opportunity to be connected to the lost world. And she took that opportunity. So what if our churches just thought that way more often? Not at the expense of Bible study, not at the expense of being connected, but if we looked for ways and made no excuses, looked for ways to be connected to people who were far from God, to be in relationships with people outside of work, to be connected to folks in our neighborhood. A lot of us have family members who don't know Christ. Then we go out of our way to find avenues of connection, not because we have an agenda, but because we have a heart. A missional heart for people who were far from God. In Romans chapter 10 verse 1, we get a glimpse into Paul's missional heart, his heart for the lost, his care for those who did not know Jesus. He wrote this, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God concerning them is for their salvation. That his heart's desire. What was on his mind, on his heart, what consumed his life, what dominated his prayer life was the people who didn't know Jesus and his desire to see them be saved, saved from their sins, saved from God's wrath, saved from the just punishment due do their sin. He wanted to see these people actually be saved, become believers in Jesus Christ and have their sins forgiven. Paul had a missional heart. This is not a new thing. It's not something Paul developed on his own. This is the way of a Christian. As we talk about marks of a disciple, what should mark us should be the very things that Jesus was concerned about. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus told us exactly why it is that he came to this earth. He says that I came to seek and save those who were lost. In other words, the point of Christmas. The reason why we celebrate, the reason we make a big deal about these things is because Jesus has come to save sinners. That's the point. That's the purpose of it all. So my question for anyone watching this, for myself included as someone trying to follow Jesus, is if that's what he cares about, shouldn't be what we care about. If seeking and saving the lost is the reason why he claims he came here, shouldn't be the very thing that occupies us as well, is taking the good news of Jesus to our lost friends and family, just like Paul asking God to save them for their salvation. Now last words matter a lot throughout human history, There's been famous last words said by leaders on their deathbed or they would maybe give a last rite or they would give some instructions to people. Uh, You see maybe if somebody knows they have a terminal illness, they might make a video with some last instructions to their children. Uh, We see that as a big part of any culture is that last words carry significance. Well, some of the last written words we have from Jesus that God wanted us in his sovereignty to have in our Bibles all go back to the reason he came in the first place, which is that missional heart, to seek and save those who were lost. In the book of Matthew, the last words we see from Jesus are the great commission, to go into the world, baptizing people, making disciples, teach them everything that God has commanded them. Uh, We see right before he ascended into heaven, in the book of Acts, The last thing he tells his disciples is that they're going to be his witnesses. These things matter deeply to the Lord. It's as if he was saying, all the teaching I did, all you witnessed, all the follow me around these last three years, it was now for this moment we're going to go and reach a world that is far from God, that we're going to go show them the only way to reconciliation with their Heavenly Father is that it's through Jesus, that He's the way, the truth, the life, and that no one comes to God except through Him. My question is, these are the last words of Jesus that we have recorded while He was walking around in His post-resurrection life, and even before in the early days of His ministry when He would point to hurting people and lost people and gather His disciples around so they could see His compassion for them. Shouldn't it be what consumes us as well? Like, can we claim to be mature Christians if we don't have a missional heart? How often do we see people's maturity simply defined by how much knowledge they have, or maybe how much sin they stay out of, or how immersed in a Christian culture they might find themselves? What if we define Christian maturity by how connected you were to a lost world? If that's what Jesus was about, shouldn't his followers be about the same thing? I want to be someone who follows Jesus. I want the marks of my discipleship to be as close to looking like Jesus in his life as possible. And it was one that came to seek and save the lost. This mission, this truth, is what the disciples gave their lives to. It's what allowed the churches to grow and to take off all around the world. And we're recipients of that today. The reality is if you're a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, the reason why God in his grace even allows you to be a follower today is because someone had a heart for you. Someone had a heart for you as someone who was far from God and shared the good news with you. If it was a grandmother, a parent, a Sunday school teacher, a friend, a football coach, whoever it might have been, someone shared the good news with you. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And people can't know the good news unless they're told. As David Platt says, the gospel is only good news if it gets there on time. We have have a heart for that. We should care deeply like Paul did for people's salvation. We actually need to believe our theology. If we have sound theology, if we have sound doctrine, then it should conclude for us what actually does happen to people that to stand before God and give an account of their lives apart from the righteousness of Christ. It should bother us. It should dominate our prayer life. Who's one person you need to have on your mind? Who's one person who's far from the Lord that you can start with praying about, having conversations with, sharing the gospel story with. If we're going to be followers of Christ, we need to care about what he cared about. What is a Christianity that doesn't have a missional heart? It's a Christianity that doesn't resemble Jesus very much. And sometimes the further deeper we get into Christian community, which is a beautiful thing, for some reason, the further it can remove us from the world. And I just want to advocate for both. The way of Jesus, where he was about the reason he came to seek and save those who were lost. He lived a life of holiness, life of perfection. He wasn't contaminated by the world, but he didn't remove himself from the world either. Why? Because of his heart. He came to seek and save those who were lost. So if we're going to try to seek after a life with God, one that follows the Lord, a true marking of a disciple must be for us to have a missional heart, to care about those who are far from God and make sure the gospel does get to them on time, because how beautiful are the feet, the Book of Romans says, of those who bring good news. Let's have a heart for Christ because we wanna be people, one, who are compassionate, but also who are faithful disciples and a marker, a measurement of being a disciple that is in the right place where they should be in their faith at this given moment, as a disciple who just like Jesus, the one they claim to be following, has a true heart and compassion for those who are far from God.